When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Today is Father's Day. And because of this, I wanted to share a little piece of my family's own tragedy with you in this special bonus episode. Earlier this week, I wrote the first chapter in a book I am writing about my experiences with this podcast. I'm about to read to you the last paragraph in this first chapter, which is where I questioned how I got to where I am. In this special episode, I'm going to share with you the story of another tragedy. A tragedy that killed someone and left three others in severe condition. This is a story of a drunk driver who decided to get behind the wheel of his car, forever changing the lives of his victims and their families, including my own. As I have done countless times before, I pushed open the door and proceeded forward not knowing of the outcome that lay ahead. There, in front of a wooden podium, I am about to speak of an unimaginable tragedy that is hard to hear but important to talk about. I can't help but reflect back and question what decisions and choices led a stand-up comedian to be here at this exact moment to speak for those victims whose voices were silenced forever. A two-car crash early Wednesday morning on Memorial Drive in Port Avenue took the life of a 26-year-old Muncie man and injured four others, three seriously. Dead is Michael Immenheiser. Immenheiser was pronounced dead at Ball Hospital. Police said Immenheiser was suffering from head injuries. He was a passenger in a car driven by Keith Buck. Two other passengers in the Buck vehicle were also injured. William Hyde of Parker City was taken by helicopter to Indianapolis Methodist Hospital, where he is listed in serious condition in the intensive care unit. Robin Barton, 21, is at Ball Hospital in serious condition with a dislocated hip. Buck's car collided with an auto driven by Brent Waters, 19. Waters is also listed in serious condition at Ball Hospital. Waters was taken immediately to surgery, where he remained for most of the night. Reports indicate Waters suffered from multiple internal injuries, including a ruptured spleen. Police said the cars were more than 170 feet apart from the crash. However, Buck told police at the time of the collision he was only traveling 30 miles per hour. Police said marijuana and alcohol was found in the Buck Auto. The whole right side of Waters' car was opened up in the collision, and Waters was thrown from the car. The accident is still under investigation by city police. Two Delaware County ambulances and a Ball State ambulance was called to transport the injured. Muncie Fire Department rescue units were sent to the scene to aid in removing the victims. I had three brothers and a sister, and uh, I had just got married in July, 
and I lived across the street from the church in a little house. Larry was still in high school. Lynn was in high school. And was you in high school? I was in middle school. Middle school. Mom did not work. Dad had his own waters construction company. These are my aunts, Missy Flick and Sherilyn Coffey. The oldest out of five, Sherilyn was the only child of my grandparents who no longer lived at home on November 14, 1979, in Muncie, Indiana. Brent Logan Waters, who in 10 years will become my dad, was the second oldest still living at home with Lynn, Larry, and Missy. The night before this early Wednesday morning, my dad was spending time at his girlfriend's house. By midnight, the temperature cooled down to 35 degrees as he got into his car and left for home. The streets in this neighborhood were dark and quiet as he approached the intersection of 12th Street. As he had the green light, he began to turn left. A car full of his friends were driving on this very road this night. Later, alcohol and drugs would be discovered in the car with these four high school students. Little did my dad know, or these four kids, that all of their lives were about to change. The car ran the red light, hitting my dad's car, tossing the car more than 130 feet, and ejecting my dad from his vehicle. Probably, I want to say, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and someone came knocking on my door, and it was my Uncle Bobby, and he told me that there had been a bad car accident and that Logan was in the hospital. He didn't know anything about it, didn't know if he was alive or anything, but he was told to come and get us. So that's how it started. Logan was a senior, and he was working at Ross's at the time in the meat department. And so he had a girlfriend. She lived on Hoyt, so he had just left her house. It was late. It's like... After midnight, I think. And he had just left her house, and he was coming up on 12th Street. And there was a red light there. He had the green light. He was turning left. And when he proceeded to turn left, a car ran the red light and hit him. It ended up being a friend of the church. And one of his good friends. And his good friends. I don't remember how many was in their car. I feel like there was four in their car, and then Logan was by himself. And Logan had a habit of, when he got into the car, he would throw his wallet on the seat. When he got hit, it threw him out of the car. So Something like a hundred and something feet. Yes. And they found him. They covered him up for dead. Had a sheet on him, covered him up for dead. So one of the paramedics happened to see the sheet move and seen he was still alive. So they took him to Ball Hospital, but he was a John Doe at first because they could not find anything on him to identify him. So they had to go back later and find his wallet in his car. And that's when they knew who it was, and then that's when they contacted Mom and Dad. But the strange thing was... We don't live very far from the hospital. Sirens coming and going lots of times in the middle of the night. The sirens 
there's a bunch of sirens went through and mom and dad had just went to bed and the sirens came through and mom said there's been a very bad accident and they went on to bed and then they got that phone call that no one wants to receive that your son's been in an accident so they went on to the hospital and when they got there he was in surgery they didn't know what all you know, was wrong with him or anything. And so by the time I got there, he was still in surgery. And all of the family was there. A lot of church members had heard about that, and they were all congregating. And it was like in the hallways, down hallways, and rooms. And they first, we all waited until he got out of surgery, and we seen him go by, and he was hooked up on everything. And blood all over Yes. Like you couldn't recognize him. And... We said, there he goes, and they put him in ICU. And Mom and Dad was allowed back to go see him, but he was in a coma and do nothing. Couldn't you only go like 10 minutes every four hours or something? So we all stayed there. He got a code blue several times. That's where his heart stopped and had to resuscitate him. So we just camped out there. Night and day. Yeah, literally. Yes. And he was in a coma. And the church would come and bring us food. And then after a couple of weeks, missing them, had to go back to school. Glenn, my husband, was working at Indianapolis, so he was driving back and forth. So I stayed and moved in to the house. And I think I was pregnant no, I wasn't pregnant yet, but anyway, we stayed at the house, and I made sure Larry and Lynn got to school, and Mom and Dad pretty much, Dad would go to work, go to the hospital. Mom stayed at the hospital, hardly ever left. You would have to go and make her leave to come home. She was bound. She showered there, everything there. Yes, we, and there was times we all just slept mm-hmm. in that big waiting room in mm-hmm. ICU. In our ongoing journey, dissecting real-life mysteries, I've found a perfect companion in a game that not only captivates, but also lets me step into the shoes of a detective in the glamorous 1920s, June's Journey. As someone who's delved deep into the game, playing through the intriguing scenarios of June Parker, I can personally vouch for its immersive experience. In June's Journey, you unravel the mystery of June Parker's sister's murder. Each scene is a visual and intellectual puzzle, with hidden clues scattered across beautifully crafted locations. What I've enjoyed most is the depths of the storyline. Each chapter peels back a layer of this thrilling narrative, revealing danger, mystery, and romance. Besides the allure of solving mysteries, the game lets you design and customize your own luxurious estate island. Building my estate has been a delightful escape, offering a creative break from the intense narratives we tackle on the podcast. For those of you who enjoy the blend of history, mystery, and narrative depth we explore on this podcast, June's Journey offers a chance to live out those elements in a beautifully interactive setting. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android, and join me in this ongoing quest to uncover hidden truths and solve complex mysteries. So, one time he coded... And we all started praying because we didn't think he was coming back. And 
the Lord told me, he said, he's going to live. He's going to walk out of here one of these days. So I told everybody, and they were kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. They really didn't believe me, but I knew in my heart that he would live and come out. But he was in a coma, and on Thanksgiving Day, people had brought in food, and we ate, and then we went back to see him. He opened his eyes for the very first time, and then he went right back into a coma. So we continued our day, taking them to school. I'd go relieve mom. She'd come home for a little while, sleep, and dad would come. And we just continued that. When they got out of school, we'd go to the hospital. Then on Christmas Day, he opened his eyes, and they stayed open. And at that time, he couldn't talk. So we had to learn his little languages and his <laughs> eye movements. Mm-hmm. And at that time, when he first came out, he would go into like a raging fit. He would be very easy to get upset. And sometimes if someone come in to visit him and they talked a lot, he would get upset. One time someone came to visit and he wanted them to leave, but I didn't want to be rude and say, you need to leave. So I just let him keep talking. So he did like that. Most of me to come down, I got down there by his head. <laughs> And he grabbed my hair, <laughs> and he wouldn't let go till I had them leave. And then after they left, he started laughing. So he still had a sense of humor. Yeah, but his nerves would be on edge. I mean, he had every bone in his body broke, and he was just, I'm sure, in a lot of pain. And, you know, so, and if people would come in and stay too long, he, I got my hair pulled many times. Uh, one time a doctor came in, and the doctor was a little too rough. And he was rude. And he was rude. And Logan grabbed him by the necktie and was choking him. Yeah. And Dad had to <laughs> step in. <laughs> and one time Dad said, Mom called and said, Logan's turned blue. We don't know what's wrong. But he's dying. You need to get home and get to the hospital right away. So Dad came to the hospital. Well, Logan was in traction. Do you remember those? They were like this triangle thing. Yes. And you had a headgear. Headgear attached to it. And a pulley, a weight. Oh, down okay. At the back. And it was trying to, you know. Keep him. Because he had some. Uh, Stem, brain stem injuries yeah. and stuff like that. So okay. they wanted. But it to was keep... a contraption. Yes. And when Dad got there, he went in, and of course Logan was blue. And Dad, being in construction, got to investigating, and Logan had slid down into the bed, and that traction got caught, and it wouldn't release. So Logan was actually hanging choking himself. and hanging. So Dad took out his pocket knife. And cut that real quick. And then all of a sudden, Logan's color came back and everything. And then one time, and we were probably in the hospital for six months. One time, um, he had a nurse that decided that Logan should do everything by himself and that we were babying him too much and that we were enabling him to take care of himself. And so Logan was right-handed when he went in after the accident. He had to learn everything left-handed because this arm was broke. 
So he had to learn to redo everything left-handed. And so they brought the pan of water and the soap, left it there. They said, you guys go to the waiting room. Logan can take care of his own bath. So we're all like, okay. So we all, me, Larry, was you there that day? I don't think me, so. Me, Larry, and Lynn was there. And so we go in that waiting room, and Lynn's like, I'm going to go check and see if he's okay. So Lynn goes into the room. Logan was so mad. He had soap in his eyes, so, and he was beating on the bed. So Lynn went in there and finished helping him. <laughs> he said it was a mess. Yes. But the accident caused him he didn't remember two weeks prior up to the accident that took care of that you know that just erased all that memory he didn't remember what happened in the accident nothing just what we told him and so after his accident it left him with his he still has long-term memory really great but short-term memory he like if you can tell especially when he first came home from the hospital you would tell him something Five minutes later, Mm -hmm. you had to tell him again. And that was very frustrating at first, but you just learned that you just had to keep telling him over and over. Now, that is better. Now, like on a daily basis, you might tell him something that morning, and he might forget. But if it's something two weeks ago or longer, he can... He can remember that. There's things he's got a better memory of me on he, some he long-term does. stuff. But there's something about that two-week thing. It's like anything that happened two weeks ago. He can remember back before that, but then recent now. Hmm. And he finally got to. He came out of his coma on Christmas Day, like I said, and then he, they eventually got off on. A lot of the tubes and stuff, he had to learn to walk again, learn to eat again, learn to write again, learn all of his alphabet, all that stuff again. And he would go to therapy, and then he finally got to come home. He was in a wheelchair when he got to come home, and they get did get him to where he could walk. Even today when you see him, he drags one foot. He's, his hands are messed up prevents him from having a normal job. Plus, he did have some brain damage. But he would go to therapy every day, and usually Lynn or Larry, when they got off school, they would go and take him to the hospital and do his therapy. And he finally, Larry graduated, and they let Logan walk and get his diploma at the same time Larry did. So that was great. And he, yeah, he got a, it was at Emmons and he got a standing ovation for him to walk across the stage. But mom had to work every single day teaching him, like from an infant, you like you would tie your shoes, walk, talk. She had to blend his food. Mm-hmm. All in uh, the He had a lot of wounds. I had to pack. His and- mouth was wired shut so he couldn't eat. And then she had to teach him how all of his ABCs and how to write so that he could tell us stuff. We had a dry erase board that he would uh-huh. write and tell us stuff. What was he like before the accident? They used to say he looked like the Dukes of Hazard, yeah, the blonde haired well, the guy from Dukes of Hazard. And he had white teeth, 
perfect white teeth, blue eyes, blonde um, hair. All the girls, yeah, fell in love and fell in love with him. He was and he loved all. Yeah, them. <laughs> he was a go getter, very ornery, yes, very ornery, and. So after the accident, didn't he have braces also? Yes, yes, he had for a long time. Had to have braces. Did it mess up his teeth? Is that why? Yes. Well, yeah, like his whole jaw was broke and was like over here. So they had to wire that back. And I mean, that just took forever. This is how Henri he was. I played volleyball and I played softball. I was in a lot of stuff. So I would have been at Forest Park in sixth grade. And I played volleyball and all that. And Forest Park wasn't that far from our house, like what, a mile? Mm-hmm. Not bad, just because there were so many of us kids and they had so much. There would be times I'd get done with volleyball practice, I'd have no one to pick me up. So I'd have to walk home. He would be coming from his friend's house over there by Shedtown. And I would be walking down 8th Street and he would go by and honk and wave (laughs) and laugh. And I would continue to walk home, and I would be so mad. And then some of his friends would holler stuff out the window, and I'm like, you can't pick me up. <laughs> he was very angry, sometimes mean. Sometimes we got a lot of whippings because of the things Logan would do. <laughs> but it was after the accident that, I mean, his old personality changed. Yes. Is that right? His temper, he had a very bad temper because he just had a short span, and if you got him upset, he would go off. Then he would go and leave. And then 15, 20 minutes later, he'd come back all and, forgot. And didn't know nothing. He yeah. didn't even I know what he was mad that. about. Yeah. I that. Yes. He had grown up. Yeah, yeah I bet. Was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just... He just gets feelings hurt. Yeah. It wouldn't be anything big, but he even have come back. Yeah. <laughs> he still gets his feelings hurt if he thinks you're laughing at him. Mm-hmm. And he still wants to help you, even though you might think he might Can't. cannot. He still wants to be thought of as he can help you. So that completely changed. He had a girlfriend when he had his wreck, and then that didn't last long after his wreck. But then... He learned to drive and got along really well. And then he met your mom, and they got married, and here come two kids. <laughs> Did they think that he could have children with they all They didn't that know. Accident? They thought it would be a miracle if he did. Mm-hmm. So it was like to come from death to... Right. Never seen what he looked like before his accident. Because in my mind, he's always been the way that he mm-hmm. is, you know. Yes. So it's always, it was always interesting to hear people talk about him before his accident, because that's completely, I don't know that person. No, sometimes God has a reason to make you stop. And I think Logan was headed in the wrong direction in his life. So I think God stopped him. And turned him around. Yes. And now he is just a great inspiration he, yeah, to a lot of people. And tells everyone. I remember the first time one of my friends, after I graduated, one of my friends met my dad. And they didn't know about his accident. But when you see him, something happened. Something, yeah, right. Yeah, something. Mm-hmm. And they said, when you look into his eyes, you can just tell that something is different in him than the way that he looks. Mm-hmm. She's like, I've never seen anyone like that. 
And I was like, well, he's in a bad accident a long time ago. So the person mm-hmm. that he was, he no longer is. Right. And I was like, how crazy is it that you were right-handed when you had an accident? And then afterwards, you had to learn how to be left-handed. Mm-hmm. And then everyone has always told me that he's blonde hair. And I don't remember blonde hair at all. Did, he, did his hair color change? Or was it just, did it just turn? Well, it's like after his accident, it, got it just got real dark. It did. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. When he was going through those accidents, did the doctors believe that he was going to, like, what do they think? Oh, they kept telling us if he does live, they kept saying he wouldn't live, and then if he did, he'd just be a vegetable. But we weren't going to accept that. Yeah, they kept wanting to turn everything off, and they kept telling my mom, he's just going to be a vegetable, you're not going to, and then when he come later, after graduating, and then walking and driving they just they're just amazed one of the things that i I always remember is dad not having the ability to write a lot i remember he'd be able to sign his name and stuff and i remember being real young and i had bought a a book or i got one for christmas or something and i remember asking him to read it and he said he couldn't read it and that was the first time i remember thinking well that's different than my friends' dads so that's one of those things where Maybe three, two or three years ago, my dad gave me a birthday card and he put love dad at the end. And that was one of the only things I can remember him writing. And I still have that card. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, well, that's a big deal. That you, is. You yeah. Know? So I, I still have the card. And it's, you know, one of those things I always think back to that. With going back to his, to the tragedy that you guys all suffered, did the family change? Did you guys change? Did you guys change at all after? It, after I it think happened? it changed. Yeah. All of us. Spiritually and physically. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden you realize that life's precious. Yes. Mm-hmm. All could have been gone like that. Yep. What happened to the guy that hit him? Did he survive? He survived that. But then he died later. He, he got a, ran over by on a, a railroad track. track. How long after that did it happen? I don't know. I'm thinking maybe 10 years. Maybe. Somewhere between. Did he regret what happened? Oh, he, I know was, that he was a friend. He was drinking when he had the accident. He didn't even get hurt. No. He had one person they lifelined. I think he ended up passing away. But we had a gospel group, Lifeboat Quartet, and Logan played the bass. And after his accident, Dad kept working with him, and he finally learned him how to replay the bass again. And he played it for a long time in the lifeboat quartet. Mm-hmm. I remember him playing it. Now his hearing is his hearing is very bad, and he has to have a hearing aid, and it does very little. And he actually needs probably an implant, but they're trying the hearing aids right now. Does he still have intestine problems? Because I yes. remember he would have a few surgeries from when I was after I was born. Yes. So did his intestines get messed up during yes. the accident? Totally flip-flopped around and he has a ulcer he mm. had surgery on it twice that's where you you see that yeah i remember mm-hmm. that and that's the thing where they had to put the bandage mm-hmm. in all the time what's very fascinating is he his pain tolerance is he didn't unbelievable know. he doesn't know pain he doesn't know when it's cold outside oh i remember i remember him, him always wearing shorts and cut off shirt and i'd be like dad it's Winter, it was snowing outside. What are you doing? Isn't that funny? 
But if you hit him in his stomach, you know how some people come and joke around him. Yes. Oh, oh, he cannot tolerate that. He won't that. talk to you never again. No. <laughs> That's that one thing he'll go behind me That's it. two weeks. <laughs> it's beyond the two weeks. He won't talk to you no more. That's fine. But everything else, he broke his, was it his leg? Mm-hmm. He didn't even have any pain tolerance, but me and Larry, we seen it out of place <laughs> one time, and we're like cringing, and he didn't even have no pain tolerance on like, it. Well, another day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys both passed out. He had to think... call ambulance for you. By the way, I broke my leg. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. He doesn't even know. He still goes outside in the winter. He doesn't know. That it's cold. I also think that he doesn't know when it's hot because I remember him always oh, mowing. sweating with that. It'd be 100 degrees outside. I don't want to go mow someone's yard. I'm just like, well, I'm going to stay inside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he he come back sweating. He but, sweats, but he don't, it no. doesn't affect him. Mm-mm. And I do remember Lynn, he was a teenager and he was in track and all the girls love Lynn. So Lynn would ride, have Logan ride around with him. So when you seen Lynn, you seen Logan. Mm-hmm. They were a group. So Logan got to know a lot of Lynn's friends because of that reason. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. But, yep. Well, that kind of still happened. Yeah. Even when they were, <laughs> grew mm-hmm. up, I remember that. Yeah. Where yes. are you going, Dad? Oh, Lynn's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Lynn was his sidekick. Dad would wake up and wait for that phone call, see where the job is that day. <laughs> so he can go help Lynn do something. <laughs> Yes, he did. Yeah. And then Larry did take him to speech therapy a lot. Yeah. And he would just out at Ball State, and he had said he'd go in there and be. And that's the last thing you want to do when you're 18. Right. But, I mean, we all we all did. It was the, you learned that it was the mm-hmm. new norm. It was. Yeah. yeah. I was pretty spoiled, and that kind of went away. It wasn't about me anymore. <laughs> so that was a little rough. I thought that was. A little traumatic. <laughs> Look, there's a bird visiting. Maybe it's mine. Uh, it might be. <laughs> Biggest thing that amazes me now is how he is just happy-go-lucky-like. Sometimes it makes me feel like I'm so bad. I can be sitting at Dad's on his porch, and Logan walks every day. Mm-hmm. Walks around that neighborhood every day. I don't know how many laps he makes. And I, I sit there and think, he drags a leg, he can't hear, and he does this every day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, surely to God. I could get to the gym once a week or something, but he does that. He d- just he comes to Dad's every morning, every- makes sure he has his coffee, opens up his blinds, empties his brings trash. his paper. He does. He's got routine. He mows Dad's yard at least twice a week, whether it needs it or not. <laughs> He'll come in two or three times during the day, check on Dad, bring his mail. If it wasn't for Logan up, because Dad he got sick and was in the hospital for a month. 
And when he got home, he was just couldn't do things for himself. So if it wasn't for Logan, yeah, I don't know what we would have done. <laughs> but it is ironic how mom just put her life on hold and took care of him. And then when you guys come along and he got you every weekend, she put her life on hold to help take care of you guys right. and to help Logan drive to Alexandria, pick you up. I'm sure right. you remember all oh, of yeah. it. Oh, yeah. And two, he hadn't worked very long. He was a teenager when that happened. So he got, what is it, Medicare, Medicaid, disability, wasn't very much right. at all. At all. So, or you wouldn't have paid into it. Yeah. You know, so right. Didn't have enough time. Basically, yeah. so Maybe basically $500 a month. Right. And so he had to make that stretch, buy his food, mm-hmm. pay his utilities. He became very independent. And then he married Tracy and had you guys. But that's the worst part. I feel sorry for people that's on disability. Yeah, they don't get nothing. It's no wonder people have to live with their family because you can't oh, yeah. live on that. No. And it's no. sad. Imagine if that, that happened and dad didn't have a family. You just end up in a nursing home or something. Right. You, you couldn't would. pay to take right. care of yourself at that point. Right. It was, it was a struggle because mom couldn't work. She, it was a full-time job taking care of him. And dad worked 28 years at Mahoffer and then they closed the doors and he had to start his construction. So trying to run that, mom's trying to run that, take care of Logan, and then everything else. For the most part, you had a pretty normal for that to be the situation. Well, anytime I think back to growing up, I always, it was it's interesting because of dad's accident, he was a different kind of dad. But all of you guys were able to step up and help mm-hmm. too. So I always thought of Lynn less like an uncle, but also more of like a kind of a second dad. Mm-hmm. And you guys were less like aunts and more like second moms. That's how I saw Grandma Waters, too. So it, it just goes to show that the family was so close at that time that mm-hmm. by that point in time when I was born, you guys were used to that. So it's just one of those funny, odd, dynamic things. My dad's story is an important story to tell mm-hmm. because if that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have been here. But it's one of those things where you don't hope anything like that happens. Yeah. But there's you know, a reason for yeah, everything. It's yeah, it's one of those it's just one of those moments where you're just like, there's a reason, there's mm-hmm. a reason. And maybe that accident that dad had maybe saved one of you guys from mm-hmm. going down a bad path and Oh, I'm sure know. it did. Yeah. But, I never did see the car personally, but I did see pictures and it's a miracle. I mean, his whole life has been a miracle because mm-hmm. no one would have walked away from that if it hadn't been for God. So it's well, shoot, he was so bad when they got to the scene, they thought he was dead. Yes. Yeah, more than once. They covered him up more than once. Even in the hospital, they just thought, okay, that's done. Well, I'm sure every time it coded, you guys mm-hmm. were like, well, this is probably the one. Yep. It is a miracle. And he's just, like, happy. He's <laughs> happier than any of right. us most of the time. Suddenly <laughs> <laughs> you look at your life and your problems, you're just like, well, shoot, there's yeah. Logan. He's happy. Walking he's around the neighborhood with smile. dragging his leg. <laughs> my brother, Lynn, he was a songwriter, and he was in Cooking Bell and all that. But I'm sure just riding with Logan popped many a many songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... The thing that is so amazing, though, is his wit. 
like he gets it. He gets stuff and he's making some joke and his very, very witty. Yep. But the only problem is he can't hear, so he thinks he's whispering to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> and in the beauty shop, when I'm cutting his hair, he'll be, ah, and then it's loud. And I'm like, no, we can't talk about that.